0: WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications. On News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Kane, solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Kane. Thank you for joining us, because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed and better inspired for helping to build this better america breaking news breaking news every day with herman Kane and the most connected man in washington jamie dupree hello jamie welcome hey herman i know that the senate has killed that fast-track bill for the time being but here's what i don't quite understand what specifically are the democrats opposed to and what about it makes the Republicans want to pass it. Well,
1: I think uh, the Republicans would like to uh, to be behind trade because they would argue, sort of the pro-business tilt to the party, that more imports and more exports would spur economic growth and create new jobs and bring in more wealth. I mean, that's, you know, sort of the, the bottom line, I think, for many in the GOP. There are some Republicans who don't like the idea of using this plan to give expedited authority to the president to negotiate a trade deal and then have it voted just up or down with no amendments in the Congress, But it is authority that's been given to presidents for many, many years in both parties. So there, it, it's always been somewhat controversial. On the Democratic side, you've got big labor that really sees this as more of the sort of the globalization fight, NAFTA and other trade agreements, where they say it will bring in cheaper goods and undermine the American worker and not really be uh, a net plus at all economic growth. And so that's one yep. reason that you've seen Democrats against it. Now, what would they like in it? They'd like a number of things added on to this to require, you know, for example, to crack down on child labor in some of these Asian Pacific nations, to get tough on cur- currency manipulation that they say is undercutting uh, the uh, U.S. goods and making it difficult to sell American products overseas, uh, to cut down on government help for certain industries overseas, you know, because some companies say, well, I could sell my product over in a market like Japan, uh, but they subsidize their agriculture so So much that I can't match the prices that they have over there. You know, things of that nature. So, yeah, there are some cross currents here. What happened yesterday turned the Senate upside down. I mean, we had uh, the Republicans all behind the president and the Democrats all against the president, except one. As the Democrats filibustered this plan, I think in the end, more than anything else, it does showcase the differences and the, the battle, frankly, that's going on inside the Democratic Party right now over where they should go when it comes to trade, jobs, income, you know, their income inequality, the uh, line that they like to talk about a lot. And clearly we've seen a fight develop between Elizabeth Warren and the president on a very personal level. And, you know, we've seen examples where President Obama doesn't really like at times. You know how people think that they get lectured by him sometimes, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. In a personal way. And he seems to have done some of that with Elizabeth Warren lately. Now, she's still not saying that she's going to run or anything like that for president. But, boy, this sort of heightens her, uh, uh, you know, your awareness of her and raises her visibility level even more. I just wonder what's going to happen out of this as we move forward because clearly there is a rift there between some on the liberal side of the party and Barack Obama which could well spill over in the next year. And uh, The lead editorial in the Washington Post today was something to the effect of Hillary Clinton is MIA on the trade issue. It's time for her to weigh in on this and, and tell us uh, what she would do. And I think there's a lot of Democrats that would like to hear her weigh in against it uh, even though, obviously,
0: some of her work as Secretary of State laid the groundwork for this agreement, I'm still waiting for other Democrat candidates to weigh into the race for the nomination. Because, uh, you know, as you know, she's basically missing in action not just on this, but she's trying to stay out of the public's view through the media as much as she possibly
1: can. Look, I think their strategy is very, very obvious right now in the Clinton camp. They're going to do keep doing small events, very uh, restricted events. In uh, the early voting states, she'll be going to South Carolina later this month. Uh, she's already been to Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. I don't think you're going to see a lot of big rallies or open speeches. You're certainly not seeing interviews. The Washington Post yesterday put up a clock that keeps counting <laughs> since how long she's answered a question from a reporter. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to change a bit. I think there's only one way that things could change and force Hillary Clinton to uh, off, uh, you know, in a different way, and that would be if Elizabeth Warren ran for president. I think that's the only thing that could change it. Otherwise, I think her camp feels would probably feel very secure in going forward just as they are now and figuring that sooner or later this will all blow by.
0: Well, Jeb Bush, he hasn't declared, but he's also acting a little Hillary-esque in terms of his campaign, but it's backfiring up in Iowa.
1: You know, um, uh, several things going on with Jeb Bush right now. He just seems some of his answers, either he's not ready for a question or, like he said the other day, he got asked a question about Iraq and would he have uh, invaded like his brother did. And he answered it one way where you could listen to the question and maybe think he wasn't really answering the question that had been asked. Uh, You know, he went on talk radio yesterday to sort of try to smooth that over. He got hammered by people within his own party. I think if I remember correctly, I saw you putting something on Twitter that sort of jabbed him a little as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm I'm interested in this for several reasons. Uh, Jeb Bush certainly is no rookie when it comes to this. He knows what this is all about. He's very skilled at it. Uh, he does well with these interviews. But sometimes uh, I, I just get the feeling that Republicans are sort of looking at him out of the corner of their eye and sort of thinking, what are you doing right now? Uh, the little dust up in Iowa, I don't know that it's going to mean anything. But his poll numbers there haven't been that good. He now has made it clear he's not going to be there for the Iowa straw poll, which when you look at the history of the Iowa straw poll, it's really no big deal if you don't win that. The last couple of people that have won it have not come close to winning the nomination on the Republican side. But it also sends that message to voters in Iowa that, yes, sorry, but you don't mean that much. And, you know, the Iowa and New Hampshire people get, rightly or wrongly, they get sort of uh, uh, big-time testy about that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh,
1: the, the chairman of the Iowa Republican Party yesterday went on Twitter and just ripped Jeb Bush for not coming to the Iowa straw poll, and instead, uh, the former Florida governor is going to go down to Atlanta, your neck of the woods, for a red state gathering that's being done by Eric Erickson there, and several other candidates are going to be there, too, but they're, they're going to show up at different times and go to Iowa as well. There are flights from uh, Hartsfield-Jackson Airport to Des Moines, I'm sure. And so, um, you know, look, I, I think it's part of it is that Jeb Bush is the, the sort of the top guy in the GOP right now, and he's going to get flack for almost anything he does. I'm
0: hearing from some Republican quote-unquote activists slash insiders that they—they are a lot of the people in the so-called base, you know, the ones that go to all of the meetings and are very active, yeah. but they are also very skeptical of Jeb. Now, here's what I see from, from a distance happening to Jeb, and I've also seen it happen to Ben Carson. Some of the other candidates have not shown this yet they haven't prepared for these questions that they know they're gonna get and so they are sort of answering them on the fly. you know you're gonna get asked about immigration jail bush you ought to have a very crisp answer relative to that and so The staffs are sort of just kind of figuring name, ID is all he has to worry about right now, but I got to tell you, a few missteps in the way you answer a question can be pretty detrimental.
1: Look, we're in a a different situation than we used to be. It used to be that you had time early on to work out the kinks, to get your answers ready, to get yourself... You know, if you go back eight years ago right now, and you watch Senator Barack Obama, you cringe. Because, I mean, he wasn't ready for prime time, but he took a lot of time out on the stump and got himself wound up. And all of a sudden, you know how it is, Herman, at the beginning, the answers don't fly off your tongue. Later on, when you're in the campaign, you can almost be asleep and you can be giving those answers, standing yeah. up on the stump at somebody's house or a speech or whatever. It just rolls right out of your mouth. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it right now, that Jeb Bush is still getting to that point of getting everything together. When uh the problem is is that now we're in a different kind of environment. There's a lot more of the internet and blogs and reporters and stuff is out there and video and talk radio, and you can access it so easily. I mean, if you missed Jeb Bush on talk radio yesterday, you can go find it and hear it for yourself. We didn't really have that eight years ago in a big way. And so yeah, uh, sometimes I wonder, is, um, is Jeff, Jeff Bush the right candidate but the wrong year? You know what I mean? Yeah. That sometimes in life you show up and you're in the right place, but it's not the right time. And, uh, you know, the, the, so far he's struggled with the polling numbers in Iowa. Some of the signals that have been sent have not been the greatest there, some of the Iowa Republicans think. And New Hampshire's sort of a muddle right now. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I also don't think we should rush to any conclusions. On the other agree. hand, some of those yeah. initial kind of uh, of uh, takeaways, first takes from people uh, can sometimes stick
0: around. Well, he, he made one statement that kind of bothered me, and here again this is not an endorsement or an indictment of any candidate, but when he makes statements like, well sometimes people have to be persuaded for things that they don't understand. You know, I I just think that that's the wrong thinking.
1: Well, I've listened to him a number of times. I found it interesting how Jeb Bush has dealt with the questions about Common Core and the questions about immigration. And he's just very frankly, and not in a not in a nasty way, in almost what I would call a um, sort of a uh, a teacherly kind of way. Just sort yeah. of said, you know what? Um, we disagree, and I I understand why you feel differently than I do about immigration or about this. But here's what I would do. And uh, just sort of leaves it on the table there. And it's so it's not done in a nasty way, like no. you're just wrong, no. or something like no. that. But, you know, look, there there's a there's a different flavor to the
0: Republican Party on those issues than maybe there was a few years ago. What do you think going to be the main bones of contention in the NSA debate that's supposed to take place in the House? Yeah, the
1: House should vote later today on a bill that will uh, reform parts of the NSA, and I think it's it's going to pass easily. I mean, look, there'll be some people that would want to do more in terms of limiting the NSA and their intel work, but in the wake of last week's appeals court ruling out of the Second Circuit that uh, that this program was illegal, Uh, i think that you'll get a very strong vote for this the white house is on board as well the basics are this this bill would reform the way the nsa can get access to bulk records. No longer could they just sweep up all kinds of phone records and then go through them. They're going to have to go to court, ask the phone companies to look through and get a warrant like that. Uh, The plan would also make not only changes in that, but also in some of the expiring provisions of the Patriot Act that expire at the end of the month and also make some changes along the way in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. For example, there's a secret intelligence court that makes these rulings on stuff that we don't know about. Everything is secret. Now it's going to say you're going to have to publish those rulings. Uh, If if anybody follows me on Twitter, at Jamie Dupree, I posted the link to the bill so you can go read the bill for yourself. It should get through easily in the House today. The question is what happens in the Senate? Senator McConnell wants a much different kind of bill, but he may not have
0: the votes to do that. All righty. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. All right. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day on the radio and at hermancain.com. Coming up, rapid fire at 877-310-2100. Save
1: big money at Menards.